Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's never been a better time to register for Indian Subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm a former number one pick. He's been around seemingly I've been here Finally for 40 years, and you know, uh, my son was born and raised here, and I you know, got him healthy, as a birthday present. Your question is, I wanted uh, to thank Paul they, uh, for sending him a birthday him? greeting or, uh, and you know, to tell you that him, he is uh, really enjoying uh, the subtext. He, even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore. In 2022, uh, Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. was wide open. There, there were... So many opportunities for so many different outfielders to step in and grab that job and just take off with it and run with it. And from spring training through the beginning of the season and, and even after, uh, you know, things were sort of settled with uh, Ahmed Rosario moving to, to shortstop and continuing to keep that hole there in center field, he never really stepped forward and said, this is my job. I'm the guy. I'm, I'm going to be there. Uh, he got the majority of, of playing time in center field uh, because of his defense, because of his ability to, to run, but uh, he, he never really was the guy. And then when Miles Straw came in and, and was acquired at the trade deadline, you know, center field was, was out of the question. Yeah. You know, I think Bradley just uh, defensively, there's no question he can play center field. He's, he's, he's an above average center fielder. He, he led the Indians in, you know, outs above, uh, outs above average this, this past season. Um, the question is offense. And, you know, we, we still haven't seen him put, put everything together. You know, we saw indications of that 
you know, in his rookie year in, in 2017, but then the injury set in and, and we haven't seen that since. And, you know, this, this past season was the first kind of hint that, that maybe there's something still in the tank there, but, you know, he's out of options. He's 28 years old. And, you know, this is, a, this is an interesting decision for the Indians. Right. 122 strikeouts in uh, 299 at-bats, uh, 348 plate appearances. He did, uh, he did increase his walks. He, he was up to 30 walks for the season. Uh, so, so you could see there was maybe a, a little bit of an indication there. His, uh, his on-base percentage still lower than you would, you would want to see at 325, uh, a 669 OPS. But I think, uh, you know, one of the I, I, I'm going to borrow a phrase from from Tito, uh, from Terry Francona. One of the one of the things he's 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 you know, uh, always always saying in spring training or, uh, you know, early in the season, uh, you look at him and it's easy to dream. It, it's it's easy to dream when you see him hit a 471 foot <laughs> home run to dead center field. When you see him hit a 460 foot shot into the mezzanine deck down the right field line uh, a, a week later. Uh, it's, it's easy to dream about a guy this big, a guy who's got a, a Freddie Freeman type body, but can't put the bat on the ball the way Freddie Freeman does. He generates so much power. And yet the, if, if, if he had the ability to, to just hit line drives, you wouldn't even be talking about non-tendering this guy. Yeah, you know, and, and the thing with him, uh, Joe, to me, like you, you nailed it with 122 strikeouts. It's, he's striking out 41% of the time in, in his at-bats. And if you're going to do that, I mean, you've got to hit, you know, you're going to have to hit 20 to 30 to 35 home runs to justify that, that strikeout rate if you get 500 at-bats in a season. Uh, so can you live with that with, a, you know, kind of a, a defensive first player? I I don't know, you know, that, that's, that's the question. And, you know, we've seen this in the past where, you know, last year, Tyler Naquin was eligible for uh, arbitration and uh, you know, the Indians non-tendered him uh, in, on December 2nd. Is this another, is this another, you know, is Bradley Zimmer another Tyler Naquin uh, uh, situation coming up here? Well, if you, if you do that and uh, Bradley Zimmer goes to, <laughs> Cincinnati or any number of other other teams and has the kind of uh, season that Tyler Naquin did uh, you, you're kind of kicking yourself because how, how much better would would Cleveland have looked with Tyler Naquin in the lineup at, in the outfield uh, hitting the way he did in Cincinnati but again there's no guarantee that if Tyler Naquin had stayed uh, in Cleveland that that he would have played the way he did this past season uh, Zimmer's a, a different animal though we did see him you know, for stretches there in uh, in in July, uh, a little bit in August and uh, early September, uh, was was putting the bat on the ball, was hitting the ball uh, to the left center field gap, was was uh, you know uh, hitting ground ball singles up the middle, and and, and you know sort of an, an indication. It was like he would give you that, and then he would have a four strikeout game, and you'd wonder you know, what are they going to do with this guy? So we've been talking about that inconsistency and that sort of in between being in between uh, about Zimmer since really since the days he came up back in 2017, we, we've said, this is a guy who's got to decide what kind of hitter he's going to be. 
Is he going to be a guy who puts the ball in play and uses his speed and uses his legs uh, to make things happen? Or is he going to be a guy who harnesses that uh, potential for, for mammoth power that he has in those, those long arms and long legs and, you know, does something that way. Uh, and I don't think 2021 brought us any closer to that conclusion. Yeah. You know, and uh, his exit velocity, you know, com- from 2020 to uh, this past season, 2021 jumped from 84.1 miles per hour to 90.7, which shows you something. He was making harder contact. Uh, he hit 291 against fi- fastballs this past season, 125 against uh, breaking balls, and 194 against off-speed pitches. You know, last in 2020, really not a fair uh, comparison because he bar- he hardly played. Uh, but uh, you know, it it, it just uh, you know there there you know so th- so there's something there, Joe, and and you just you just never know if you're going to get it get it out of them, and that's. That's the question you've been, and the Indians have been waiting a long time. He was, you know, number one pick in 2014 and he was a college kid when they drafted him. Uh, so, you know, the clock is ticking and uh, you know, you just, and, and, you know, it's, it's almost, you know, you got to, you're at decision time almost. To him. Does the addition of uh, a guy like a Chris Velika, uh, the, the new hitting coach, does, does that maybe if they do hold on to him, does Chris Velika get his a chance to sort of get his hooks into him and, and sort of, you know, get him thinking differently and maybe, maybe make adjustments there. Could that make a difference? It, uh, sure. It could a new voice, you know, and a new set of eyes, a new message, you know? Uh, so perhaps that will, if it, if it is, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if he is able to flip the switch with, uh, with Zimmer, you know, he's, He's going to, he's going to, he'll have to get a raise for sure. But uh, uh, I think we'd be asking a lot of Chris Velicka to come in and, uh, um, you know, transform some of these four, a players into major league hitters, but go ahead. But, you know, the guy is, you know, to me, he's, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to be a regular player, but uh, Bradley to me is like a, a defensive guy first. Like you could use him as a defensive replacement, a pinch runner, because you know he can he can steal a base. He can, he plays great defense. You know he's got a a good arm, above average arm, and uh, you know Joey he's learned one thing, one thing to help his on base percentage. He's been he, he was tied for fourth in the, in the American League and getting hit by pitches with fifteen. So that, you know that's a step in the right direction. Well, he's a, he's a big target, and I think uh, that's uh, that's one of the things that. That sort of helps him, but yeah, he uh, he does have a knack now for for getting hit, and you know he wears the at least the protection on his elbow to keep him uh, a, a little more safer there. But uh, it really was a season of highs and lows and ups and downs for Zimmer. You know, for every one of those mammoth 470 foot home runs that he hit, uh, there was uh, you know the other side, the flip side of you know making terrible base running mistakes, it, and this is. We, we saw him in a, you know, about a week and a half stretch uh, go through uh, just a couple of mental lapses, uh, you know, overrunning bases or, you know, trying to score at times when he shouldn't have. Um, and, and really those are things where you look at him and, and you say, look, this is, uh, you know, you're in your, your third year in the big leagues and you're, you're 27, 28 years old. You should know better than to make these mistakes. And there was more than one occasion like that this past season. 
Yeah, I think, you know, that was an indication that it just, I think he's always, he's a great athlete, but maybe, you know, in, in, a, in a tough baseball body, you know, 6'5", 6'4", 225 pounds, long arms, uh, kind of you get jammed a lot. I think he just, he put a lot of pressure on himself in, in certain situations, especially on the bases where he knows he has to make something happen. Yeah, did you did you think that maybe knowing that this was sort of a make or break type season and and that the eyes are really on him about things, you think he was maybe pushing and, and trying to make more happen than he he necessarily should have? Oh yeah, I for sure. I mean, all those guys did. They you know they were running uh, different outfielders outfields combinations out there from you know from the second half from the end of July on they all knew they were, you know, they were, this was a test tube that they were, uh, you know, being uh, dissected after every game. So I think Zimmer and, and Mercado and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Harold Ramirez, all those guys knew, you know, that, that this was kind of their chance to either shine or uh, maybe take a step back into the shadows. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext Get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on Cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Well, uh, another sort of highlight for the season for Zimmer, uh, he, he finally got to match up against his brother Kyle in games where the Indians uh, took on the Royals. Uh, I, I believe they, they faced each other, what, three times? Uh, something like that. Uh, yeah, three times. Yeah, the, yeah. the first time uh, Kyle won the battle, he, he got him out. Uh, I believe he struck him out. Um, there, was a, there was a walk in there that was sort of a wash where uh, – uh, Bradley Zimmer walked and then came around to score, uh, sort of gave his brother the business on the, on the way by, uh, as he crossed the plate. Uh, and then, uh, and then Bradley, Bradley gets the, uh, the bragging rights at the Thanksgiving dinner table later on this month, uh, when the family sits down because Bradley, uh, uh, got the home run off of his brother, uh, earlier, uh, you know, back in September. Yeah, definitely. That was fun to see. It doesn't happen often. When brothers face each other and, uh, 
you know, and Bradley definitely uh, had the upper hand against his older brother, right? I think. Uh, right. Kyle's yeah, older. Kyle's the older brother. It's kind of cool, though. Both number one picks, you know, both. Uh, I think they went to the same uh, college, University of San Francisco. And uh, uh, so, you know, that's that's a pretty athletic family for sure. Definitely. Yeah, it, it makes for uh, an, an awkward conversation at the uh, at the dinner table, I, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, you talked about those those times when brothers have faced brothers and it's happened in the in the big leagues. I think uh, Cleveland has had a hand in like five of those instances, you know, with, um, uh, you know, the Negroes facing each other and, you know, a bunch of uh, a bunch of other, um, you know, brother combinations, I think in one way or another, there've been, you know, Cleveland connections to like five of those instances. And uh, obviously the, the most recent being the, uh, the Zimmers. Uh, so, so decision time, you're, uh, you're Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff. Lindsay, you're, uh, you're making the call right now. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with Zimmer? Is he going to be on the 40 man roster, uh, you know, later on this month when, the decisions are made to uh, to protect players for the the Rule Five draft, and, and Cleveland needs to open up some spots. Uh, do they non-tender this guy? Do they do they make the decision uh, to to part ways with Zimmer, or is he a part of things moving forward for, uh, for the Guardians? You know, Joe, that's a, that's a tough question, and uh, I think uh, you know somehow, some way, I think they hold on to this guy. Maybe they non-tender him and re-sign him, bring him to camp on a minor league deal. But I think, you know, this, this organization saw something in him to make him a number one pick. And I don't know if they're ready. You know, they, they don't give up on their number one picks very easy. We saw it with Naquin and they kind of got burned on that. Well, now do they do, do they do the same thing with Zimmer? I think somehow they, they, that he's in camp with them when spring training opens. Yeah. I, uh, I, here's just to, to argue the other side of it. I think, They've given this guy opportunities. They've given him uh, almost a full season of, hey, go out and grab this and, and run with it. And and they didn't see him do that. I think uh, it's time to move on, whether they're, they can get something for him or just to completely cut ties. Uh, I think, you know, Bradley Zimmer probably can blossom somewhere else. Uh, I don't think it's in Cleveland. I, I think uh, a change might, might be good for him. And, uh, you know, I think moving on might be the best option for, for both sides. Uh, and I don't think that Bradley Zimmer is alone in that boat uh, in terms of outfield prospects for the Indians. I think uh, there should be a whole, uh, a whole sort of turnover in that category as well. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if I were making the call right now, I would look to move on from Bradley Zimmer, but uh, you're right. They, you, they don't give up easily on their number ones and, uh, he certainly fits the bill there. So we'll see if, uh, if, if he's a part of things moving forward. Uh, we, uh, we will come back again next week with uh, five more. Uh, we're sort of moving in, uh, in chunks down this, this 40-man roster and who, uh, who will be uh, included heading to spring training, uh, which players you know we want to talk about. Uh, if you're on subtext, uh, look on Sunday night, look for uh, the, the next five names and we will organize them into the order that we'll put them in for next week's podcasts. Uh, it's kind of fun doing this, uh, and, and, you know, sort of taking a deep dive on each one of these guys. It's, uh, it's been, you know, really just, uh, an exercise in sort of 
recalling what they did this past season and sort of spinning it forward and looking for uh, for what these guys can do and help the Guardians in 2022. Yeah, it's been really fun, Joe. It's 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 fun. like you said, it's good to dive into the the numbers and see you know some find some stuff you really didn't realize and and some stuff that kind of hits you right between the eyes. You know that it it it's interesting and, and it gives you a little little deeper outlook. I mean. Deeper, deeper insight into, into each of these guys' seasons. Well, and wait, wait until we get further down the 40-man roster and we, uh, we start running into guys like, uh, like the Owen Millers and the Andres Jimenezes, and, and we have to make a decision on whether these guys will, uh, will be on the 40-man, uh, at, least, at least on our side of things, if we think that. Uh, should make for some, some fun, interesting conversations in, uh, in the next couple of weeks. Hoinsie, we'll talk to you on Monday here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.